Smoke from the Stone official soundtrack. We had Soli with Moravi from Pomegranates as well, and Billy Green with Toad from the Stone official soundtrack. Want to guess, based on the, the pattern that emerged, what's next? Well, we had Ramesh with uh, Charmé Busse from Pomegranates, and Billy Green with Eco Toad and Toad Strip from the Stone official soundtrack. Two things I've had a lot of fun with. So that's enough for me. Coming up next, we've got Gray Matters. It matters. So listen. We are the Tiger Guys from Back Sunny 7. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yeah! They got it. And so do you, the listener here, for another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. Oh, I'm a little out of breath. Uh, Jim Dwyer has a family emergency tonight, so to speak. It's not an emergency. It's just that uh, when uh, the mother-in-law is coming in from out of town, you got to go pick her up at the airport. (laughs) And uh, he'll be back with us next week. Uh... Just a quick comment. Uh, congratulations to Canada, other than the lack of snow, uh, so much for global warming, blah, blah, blah. And the uh, bobsled uh, tragedy, I thought it was a pretty successful Olympic Games. The American-Canadian uh, hockey game yesterday was absolutely fantastic. And uh, Canada was the best team. They they beat the Russians handily. And... Uh, America showed grit, guts, and uh, it was a very exciting game. And I must say, I love Olympic hockey much more than the NHL. I like the automatic icings, and uh, I mean, you know, you take the best 150 players in the world, and probably 130 of them were in this tournament. So it was uh, fabulous hockey, and uh, the figure skating was even uh, charming. But uh, somebody that's not charming that will lead off our show with a brain damage award is Senator Jim Bunning. He is the senator from Kentucky. Thank goodness he's retiring because it's time for us to show him the door. He gets a brain damage award because there was once a senator named Bunning who was not known to be very cunning. He said this bill is not paid for as he whined from the floor. His cruelty, his hypocrisy, was stunning. Uh, this guy's been holding up a uh, extension of unemployment benefits that actually led to some furloughs today. It's interesting, uh, just last week, a, a court ruling, and I don't know whether this was in state court or federal court, but uh, in uh, response to budget problems out in California, Governor Schwarzenegger ordered furloughs for state workers. They were basically told to take three days or four days off every month without pay. And the judge ruled that this was uh, illegal. So even the grandest efforts to deal with these uh, state budget problems that are only going to get worse as time goes on, and as part of the success of the stimulus package, um, are being overturned by uh, another branch of government. Uh, This has to do with contracts and whatnot. So for Jim Bunning to single-handedly hold up 
the extension of unemployment benefits to, I think I read 1.1 million unemployed people and caused the uh, direct uh, furloughing of other workers engaged in transportation infrastructure repair with the argument that this $10 billion is, quote, not paid for, shows a staggering ignorance of his uh, own voting record. Uh, This is a man that voted for the Bush tax cuts that were not paid for. This is a man that voted for the Iraq War, which has cost close to a trillion dollars, Mr. Bunning. And there is a difference between one trillion and ten billion, though you don't seem to know the difference. He's, of course, uh, his credentials to be in the Senate apparently was that he was a Hall of Fame pitcher and apparently not a very bright one. So it uh, is uh, appropriate, perhaps, that he is retiring because he, along with James Inhofe and Jim DeMint, how interesting that they're all named Jim, <laughs> are three of the biggest idiots in uh, public service today. And Bunning is not only an idiot, he's cruel. And uh, I don't know whether this is going to become a campaign issue or how long this is going to continue. But it demonstrates this uh, absurdity uh, that the Senate cannot proceed with business regarding, quote-unquote, unanimous consent, unquote. And we saw Richard Shelby uh, use this a couple of weeks ago um, because he wanted pork delivered to his state, uh, basically the Huntsville uh, NASA space station in that area, as well as some... Defense contractor uh, defense contracts that he thought were uh, inappropriately awarded to Boeing rather than Northrop Grumman. Well, this is politics as usual, and is why this country is increasingly being viewed by the rest of the world as not much of a leader anymore. It's very sad. Well, on a variety of other issues, I uh, wanted to uh, note over the weekend that a couple of more small banks were shut down by the FDC. And uh, I've talked about this in the past, why the TARP uh, legislation uh, more than a year ago, while Bush and Paulson were running uh, the Treasury Department, so to speak, uh, had to come up with the money uh, to bail these banks out, and it's simply because... The FDIC doesn't have the money. And um, in an article that appeared in uh, the August 21st edition of the New York Times by Eric Dash, I wanted to read these facts because this TARP money was uh, created by the Treasury Department to deal with the fact that FDIC simply cannot bail out insured depositors at our banks around the country. When there was a run on... uh, Washington Mutual, shortly after the uh, collapse of a couple of investment banks, which are very different than uh, federally insured banks, FDIC was created as a result of the bank runs during the Great Depression that uh, most Americans can most memorably see um, sort of as a a reality, uh, a fictional reality in the famous... uh, it's a Wonderful Life movie that shows around Christmas time. Jimmy Stewart runs a bank called Bailey Finance Company, and there's a run on the bank. <laughs> and 
and uh, to deal with the run on the bank, he tries to placate the depositors while uh, Donna Reed sits in the background and doles out small quantities of cash. And at the end of the scene, they have $2 left in the vault. They quickly shut the door because it's a Friday Friday uh, afternoon, and uh, the movie continues. Well, Frank Capra's uh, perspective on the Depression is uh, unfortunately a little more realistic than uh, some of our congressmen. And as for Jim Bunning, I don't know if uh, intervention is needed here. This uh, this man, I think, is in need of a straitjacket. He's known to disappear for weeks on end, so perhaps they can sneak this uh, extension of unemployment benefits when he goes on one of his uh, outings. I don't know where he goes, but uh, don't be surprised if it's down to sip some Kentucky bourbon somewhere with Foghorn Leghorn and Colonel Sanders, (laughs) because that's the kind of joke he is. But anyway, back to Eric Dash and the uh, Federal uh, Deposit Insurance Corporation. That weekend, and this was uh, from... uh, Last August, Sheila Baer, who is the current chairwoman of the FDIC, noted that the fund, which she's trying to uh, bolster through uh, higher uh, deposits from member banks, which would include uh, some of the Wall Street banks that were bailed out, remember that investment banks like Goldman Sachs and formerly Merrill Lynch and Bear Stearns that we've talked about are different than um, the banks that you and I use. The banks that you and I use, uh, our deposits are guaranteed now up to $250,000, and this is designed to prevent runs from the ba- runs on the banks. Well, when the, the, the bank run occurred last year on the 17th of September, around that time, uh, at Washington Mutual, uh, $16 billion was withdrawn in one day alone, and Paulson knew that there was a major crisis. And on the day where um, you're supposed to talk like a pirate, yo, matey, he decided to act like a pirate, and he uh, requested TARP uh, financing to bail out temporarily bridge loans for banks. And, of course, they brought the banks into Washington and suggested that the biggest nine banks take money uh, because if only a few took money, then the markets would know which banks were bad and that would not end the crisis. So they kept everybody guessing. The House of Representatives, uh, mainly by the Republican Party, ironically, and some liberal Democrats voted against the TARP uh, legislation initially after the Senate had passed it. And um, there was a 790-point crash on the Dow Jones Industrial Average that afternoon. They eventually passed the TARP money, uh, and perhaps not enough questions and accountability were demanded. But uh, most of the banks, by the way, have paid back the money. Uh, the exceptions, of course, are, uh, as of this uh, show, uh, Citigroup, uh, AIG, which, of course, is in the news today because of a uh, massive sell-off of assets. Uh, they sold one of their major a- Asian insurance uh, 
organizations for $35 billion to provide much-needed capital. And, of course, the United States owns 80% of AIG. But in any case, uh, to indicate to you how serious the financial situation is still in America, Sheila Baer reported in last August, uh, over the weekend, of course, people were probably... uh, attending tea parties and yelling about uh, about things, yelling about health care and whatnot. Sheila Bear reported that uh, to cover losses at insolvent banks year-to-date, as of last year, the um, agency had just $13 billion at the end of March, the latest month for which figures were available, down from 52 Point eight billion a year ago, as the number of banks' failures accelerates. Well, a year ago was before the American public became really aware of how serious the financial crisis was, and when Washington Mutual had $195 billion in insured deposits, it's quite obvious that the FDIC cannot fulfill their obligations under uh, banking law that goes back to the Great Depression. And this is part of this house of cards that we've talked about on gray matters over the years. And one of the reasons uh, Tim Geithner has uh, suffered a lot of abuse publicly, uh, privately, and probably just about everywhere, because uh, he doesn't sometimes project the correct image, although I think he's understands what banking reforms need to occur. I wanted to read why he remains the Treasury Secretary. He, of course, was present at some of the meetings involving Bernanke and Paulson uh, in which the banks were rescued. He was present because he was chairman of the regional New York Fed, and, of course, many of the Wall Street banks were headquartered in New York City. Now, these investment banks like Merrill Lynch, Lehman Brothers that eventually went bankrupt, and Bear Stearns that had been bailed out uh, in March of 2008, most of their, quote, assets are hedge fund deposits. In other words, uh, tricky men with computers who think uh, they uh, can predict using computer models how commodity prices will respond um, based on graphs and computer models and inputs, uh, utilize, uh, they're the people that are running these credit default swaps, these der- derivatives that are still um, unregulated. And we talked about this last week, that globally there are an estimated $590 trillion of these uh, derivatives. These are side bets. These are casino bets that remain opaque from the public, unregulated by the Commodities Future Trade Commission that I discussed last week's, in which uh, Brooks Lee uh, Bourne, uh, back in 1998, warned the, the Senate Banking Committee and the House Banking Committee that the public money was in danger and that there needed to be regulation. Well, needless to say, the Republicans were running the Congress back then, And Phil Graham, who ran for president, um, snuck in the uh, repeal of Glass-Siegel in the omnibus budget bill over the Christmas of 1998-99, in which basically uh, Great Depression-era banking was uh, effectively derailed. And 
uh, Bernanke uh, was not, wasn't anywhere to be found. Back then, the chairman of the Fed was Alan Greenspan. And Alan Greenspan and the Treasury Secretary at the time, uh, Robert Rubin, although at this point, Summers, uh, Lawrence Summers may have taken over, were opposed to this uh, regulation by uh, Brooksley Bourne, and she was eventually resigned uh, in, in protest because, as she argued publicly in testimony before Congress, um, the public's money was at risk. Um, Alan Greenspan testified otherwise, and in this Frontline documentary that they showed over a week ago, which was outstanding in explaining to the public how we got where we are, Alan Greenspan has now ruefully admitted that his uh, philosophy derived from Ayn Rand is false, that uh, he was mistaken, that uh, corporations can't regulate themselves, and that... Uh, the housing collapse that we are continuing to experience um, is at the heart of the problem, that these commodities, uh, these, these mortgages were bundled by fly-by-night operations, basically unregulated finance companies like IndyMac and Countrywide, who gave out mortgages to people who didn't uh, have jobs, didn't have documentation, didn't have income, and it was basically a house-flipping market con awry. Anyway, on March 6th, before the collapse of Bear Stern, Tim Geithner, and I'm quoting from uh, the book Hubris, House of Cards, The Wretched Tale of Hubris and Wretched Excess on Wall Street by William D. Cohen. On March 6th of 2008, Tim Geithner, the ninth president and CEO of the Federal Reserve of New York, gave a speech at the Council of Foreign Relations. And Geithner, of course, had worked uh, at, in Wall Street, and he was an undersecretary for international affairs for uh, both Lawrence Summers and Robert Rubin, and in front of, quote, distinguished guests at the Council of Foreign Relations, he explained how a number of unusual factors, and I'm quoting here now, had come together to undermine the country's economic fi foundation, the irresponsibility uh, irresponsible availability of credit to the less than credit worthy, allowing them to buy homes, cars, and other goods and services that they could not afford, but they thought they needed. A historic and ongoing increase in real estate values. A rapid innovation on Wall Street that made credit risk easier to manufacture, to trade, and in theory to hedge. He said these insurance policies, the dreaded credit default swaps, gave investors the appearance of having hedged their bets. Quote, I'm quoting Geithner, these instruments allowed investors to buy insurance or, to pr or protection against a broader range of individual credit risks, such as the default by a homeowner or company, but as underwriting standards have deteriorated over this period, this exposure grew. Investors did not fully appreciate their risks or not hedged because they continued to predict forward into the future a market awash in liquidity and relative stability. Quote, that confidence in a more stable future led to greater leverage and larger exposure to the risk of a less benign world, Geithner said. 
quote, the interaction of these forces make the financial system as a whole more vulnerable to a range of different weaknesses. Geithner gave this speech several weeks before Bear Stearns collapsed, which, of course, was the infamous canary in the coal mine that should have woke people up. But it didn't, and the merry uh, house of cards and continuing delusions continued. And this recognition by Geithner back then is why he uh, remains Treasury Secretary, because despite uh, some clumsy uh, mistakes that he made personally, he had nothing to do with the financial crisis per se. He is actually in favor of the proposed regulations that are still pending before Barney Frank and Christopher Dodd, and whether or not these uh, reform legislation, uh, you know, laws actually occur, we'll see. But I uh, wanted to read that just to indicate why I think Geithner remains uh, Treasury Secretary. He has an idea and an understanding from the past as to why and how we got into these problems. And if you'll, you know, at the end of the book, William Cohen concludes this very interesting book about the specific collapse of Bear Stearns. This was an investment bank that had leveraged about uh, $40 billion of capital into $550 billion of quote-unquote assets. These were hedge fund deposits. And when the hedge funds began the run on the bank, so to speak, the investment bank, uh, Bear Stearns couldn't meet their obligations. The financial system collapsed. And uh, to quote the end of his book, uh, William Cohen writes, In truth, it was a team effort. We all quote, and I'm going to use a euphemism here, screwed up, government, rating agencies, Wall Street, commercial banks, regulators, investors, Everybody. And to that I would add the voters themselves. Uh, they have allowed this nonsense to continue, this uh, theory of deregulation. Alan Greenspan, his entire historical legacy uh, is, is, you know, needs to be called into question. Let's remember that he was present as chairman of the Federal Reserve back when the stock market collapsed in 87, that should have been the, the the initial canary in the coal mine. Now, I don't know if Jim Bunning was in the Senate back in the 80s, but that's when these massive uh, deficits began uh, accruing. This is when things weren't paid for. This is when Star Wars wasn't paid for. This is when Reagan's boneheaded uh, nuclear buildup in Europe, the uh, intermediate missiles, weren't paid for. These were the missiles, by the way, that Reagan eventually negotiated with Gorbachev to reduce, and then he wanted to pat himself on the back for making the world free of, of uh, nuclear weapons or some nonsense, when he, of course, had put the missiles in place to begin with. And this is what's scary, because the Federal, the federal Deposit Insurance Corporation simply does not have the money at the current time to accommodate the public's um, insured deposits that we have in, in, in banks around the country. And this is why these mergers are forced to occur. Paulson knew what was going on. Geithner knew what was going on. That's why he forced J.P. Morgan Chase to buy Bear Stearns. That's why he forced Bank of America to buy Merrill Lynch. And when he couldn't find a buyer for Lehman Brothers, 
In other words, the big American banks were all out of money, other than Goldman Sachs. And why on earth would Goldman Sachs want to buy Lehman Brothers? They had already bet against uh, these banks privately. And we saw this erupt again over the, over the week regarding the Greek debt. Behind the scenes, Goldman Sachs is betting on the Greek government to default. They don't want to see Greece bailed out. They want to see them default so they make money. And they, of course, contributed to the uh, debt creation of Greece that seems to have been covered up with uh, chicanery, uh, uh, creative accounting, and the sort of nonsense that the capitalist system has been uh, utilizing for quite some time. And uh, while things are improving slightly here and there, there are numerous uh, problems on the horizon, not the least of which is health care. Um, I wanted to recommend an outstanding book that I finished uh, uh, yesterday and today called The Healing of America, A Global Quest for Better, Cheaper, and Fairer Health Care by T.R. Reed, published by Penguin Press. This is a very readable book. You can read this puppy in about two days, no problem. It's uh, light on the... Uh, charts and the graphs, and it's pretty good on the uh, humanization of health care. And he goes into a historical explanation for why America's health care system is wrecked. Canada is number one in hockey. America is number 37 in health care. It's also number one in health care spending. And we continue to hear, uh, we, we had a little summit, a sort of a repeat of the, of the questions and answers session that the British government under, undergoes with Obama last week with the, uh, a group of senators and congressmen over at Blair House, which, uh, of course, turned into the Blair Witch Project of sorts. <laughs> um, Obama dominated the meeting, and uh, the Republicans didn't really have any substantive answers. Uh, they want to start over. Well, why... Why should the Senate and the House start over? They've already passed health care bills. The question is, are they going to use reconciliation? Is the House going to pass the Senate bill as is? Is the Senate going to pass the House bill as is? Who knows? Who knows what will happen? But what I do know is that if something is not done fairly soon, and I mean within years, uh, America is going to discover, uh, as we already are discovering in state budgets, that we, can't afford, that we can't pay for Medicaid anymore. And all the people on Medicaid are going to be thrown into the pile of the uninsured, and then the system will completely collapse. Um, let's face facts. Who are the American people going to drop from government insurance first? The poor, children, or the elderly? Door number one, door number two, or door number three? Well, I don't think it's... Uh, to, uh, I don't think you have to be a genius. You don't have to be Jim Bunning to figure out that the poor are going to be dropped before children and the elderly. And that is going to put enormous pressure on the health care system. The health care system in America is wrecked. T.R. Reid goes into why it has problems. It's fascinating that uh, Germany, under Bismarck, created the first uh, sort of national health system uh, back in 1883. In other words, the Germans have had a system 
And ironically, the Germans use private insurance. It's just that the insurance in Germany is regulated like a utility. It's controlled. The costs are controlled uh, much better. And it's ironic that France, of all the industrialized nations, finishes first overall in health care and um, whatnot. This book is good because it goes into the problems with the American system, the good things about it, and the bad things about it. And it compares the American system with the Canadian system, with the British system, with the French system, with the Japanese system, with the German system, and even some lesser developed countries, uh, noting, for instance, that Taiwan has uh, adopted a quasi-Switzerland-German uh, system uh, very recently, uh, abandoning the American system. And uh, the American system is this hodgepodge of systems. In other words, if you are a veteran, you operate uh, similar to um, the British system. If you're on Medicare, you operate similar to the Canadian system. And if you are a Native American, you're like a veteran. If you have health uh, uh, health insurance provided by your employer, you operate similar to the Germans slash French slash Japanese system, though they all have their own unique qualities and problems. But where America falls short is in the overall containment of costs. And this recent uh, 39% premium increase by a corporation out in uh, California that made several billion dollars last year is at the heart of the problem and why the system is unsustainable. Uh, quoting from a recent article regarding um, uh, a healthcare expert, uh, according to the Commonwealth Fund, a typical price of a family coverage now runs about $13,000 a year, but premiums are expected to nearly double to 24000 by 2020. So, you know, I don't know why people are sitting around the campfire toasting marshmallows, pretending that there are, aren't major problems here. This is affecting our competitiveness. As one expert puts it, it's cramping our economic growth. Another puts it, it will break all of our banks if we do nothing. The Republicans want to do nothing. They think the system works great. They continue to assert at this uh, public forum with Obama that America is the best health care system in the world in terms of quality, in terms of expertise with research and treatment options, it does. But where America falls short is that it has this hodgepodge health system and people uh, who are uninsured are essentially operating like people do in third world countries. And T.R. Reid, in this very interesting book, goes into the, uh, he had a, some sort of a shoulder injury, and he goes around the globe talking to doctors directly about how um, they can treat the shoulder. Well, the British doctor told him, we're not giving you surgery, because as he puts it, we uh, cover everybody, but we can't cover everything. So live with it, matey. And uh, in, in, interestingly, in India, which has a third-world uh, health care system, uh, he gets uh, a massage with uh, green, ground-up green bean oil and is treated with uh, sort of exotic alternative medicine 
that he actually says worked the best. He said his pain was reduced the most, and he compares the options in various countries, and it's a very fascinating book that has some charts but has uh, the substance of why the American healthcare system is uh, in trouble and needs correction. We're just about out of time here, and I wanted to thank... Uh, 